Hello, managers. Welcome back to the 12 Angry Teams podcast. On today's episode, we're going to recap the week three games and how those matches turned out and make a few predictions about how the Eagles-Cowboys matchup tonight will affect the ultimate results. After that, I'll unveil my own power rankings for the uh, teams in the league. And then finally, by popular demand, we'll be introducing a segment called Kingdom Corner, where we discuss what's going on in Chiefs Kingdom. Let's get to it. Week three has certainly been of an eventful one. A few surprises, a few big injuries, and of course, the headlining game, the Metro Dome matchup, the storied rivalry between the Tijuana Panthers and the Washington Fantasy Football team. Things got off to a rocky start for the Panthers as Christian McCaffrey left the game after only scoring a meager six fantasy points. He pulled his hammy, so manager LB might as well forget about CMC for the rest of the season. Those hammies just never heal. Um, But despite the underwhelming performance from McCaffrey... Uh, the Panthers rallied and put up a score that is currently in the lead for high score of the week for week three. Uh, The prosecution will be seeing if they can't do something about that. Uh, Unfortunately, things did not go so well for the representative of the better beer, our Coors Light champion, the Washington fantasy football team, put up a meager 99.1 points thus far. Now... He has Dak Prescott and Devontae Smith left to go this evening, so if they could just put together a combined 80 points, then uh, the Metrodome matchup might have some more fireworks than we anticipated. The second biggest game of the week was the showdown between the undefeated heavyweights, Magic Grits, and the Prosecution. It looks like By a narrow margin, the prosecution will be squeaking out a victory and remain undefeated heading into week four. Uh, The prosecution can mostly thank Matthew Stafford's 37.7 points for that, uh, especially considering half of those points came from passing to another prosecution team member, Cooper Cup, and his 30.6 points. Uh, I would like to extend a personal thank you to both Cooper and Matthew. I would be lost without you, gentlemen. Now, in an interesting turn of events, Vandalay Industries, who had yet to win a game, is on track to upset the pigskin skull plaintiffs who came into this week at 500. Unfortunately for pigskin... It looks like Vandalay Industries' first-round pick, Josh Allen, is finally paying some dividends as Mr. Allen managed to put up 45 points, an impressive feat that tragically could not be matched by the superior quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, uh, who, in a paltry display by his standards, put up only 28.9 points. Perhaps this surprise victory has earned Vandalay Industries a modicum of his fellow manager's respect, but I doubt it. On the other side of the ball, Pigskin Skull Plaintiff's standing as a legitimate contender for this year's championship has been cast into doubt 
because of their defeat at the hands of a team, which in the last episode of this very podcast was nominated as betting favorite for the Horses Ass Award. Maybe Pigskin Skull plaintiffs can go back to the drawing board and come into next week's matchup with a better plan. In their defense, star receiver A.J. Brown had to leave the game after putting up a meager .3 points. So perhaps that fact was a big contributor to their ultimate demise. Not to mention Mahomes' less than stellar performance, uh, which will be discussed at greater length during Kingdom Corner. Moving along, our next match was certainly no fantasy for Larry Ring, manager of Well Hung Jury. After leading for most of the day, his team ultimately fell to Please Fix This, also known affectionately as Team 10. Um, but it's not all bad news for Larry Ring, as Cordero Patterson and Jalen Waddle both turned in above-average performances, scoring 16 and 17 points, uh, respectively. Unfortunately for Larry, both of them were safely stowed away on his bench. Our final Week 3 matchup saw Illegal Motion to Dismiss and it locked in a showdown with the Fertile Octogenarians. Unfortunately, Cameron Ring, manager of Illegal Motion to Dismiss, uh, seems to have gotten most of his coaching skills uh, from his father, and not only did he lose, but he left DeAndre Swift's 23.7 points stowed away on the bench. I do hope that Cameron can find a different fantasy role model, and hopefully some success in the coming season. With week three in the bag, it's time for an official power rankings for the league this season. Kicking it off, taking the number one spot, easy choice, team in the league with the best record, the 3-0, the prosecution. Taking spot two on the power rankings is the Tijuana Panthers. It's hard to argue with the fact that the team's got... Christian McCaffrey, and even without McCaffrey, was able to put up a score that would have beat pretty much anyone in the league this week. Additionally, Justin Herbert seems to be coming into his own and looks like a points machine. The third spot goes to Magic Grits. Um, I don't know how we let Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams end up on the same team in a PPR league, but uh, I suspect we'll spend the season paying for it. Spot number four belongs to the Fertile Oxygenarians. Surprisingly, our London-based manager, who isn't able to watch any NFL games, has put together quite the team with headliners such as Kyler Murray, Terry McLaurin, and Mike Williams. Honestly, Kyler Murray may carry this team all the way to a championship if Steven and his Oxygenarians cannot be stopped. They head into week four with a 2-1 record. In the fifth spot, bringing up the middle, we have Please Fix Thanks, a team which I have previously referred to as Please Fix This. Um, I do apologize, and uh, I hope that the manager will appreciate that I'm trying my best, and sadly, that just isn't that good. Uh, 
please fix this stars Tom Brady, who was snaked from me when Steven decided to take the quarterback in the fourth round where he had no business being drafted. Uh, but unfortunately for us, the team also stars the likes of Derrick Henry, George Kittle, and Saquon Barkley, the last two of which I would never have drafted, but they seem to both be good at football once again, putting up around 20 points each this week. In the sixth spot, surprisingly, we have Vandalay Industries, which, after a bumpy start, has now secured their first win and a respectable position in my power rankings. The key to Vandalay's success is quarterback Josh Allen. If your quarterback can put up 45 points, you're pretty much going to be in every single game. He also has the likes of DK Metcalf, Robert Woods, and Robert Gronkowski. Apparently, Vandalay is the team of Robs. In spot number seven, we have Pigskin Skull Plaintiffs. It hurt me to put Pigskin Skull Plaintiffs so low in the rankings. As many of you know, I am personally involved with the team. However, I had to set aside uh, my love and focus on the data, uh, the team's one and two record, the fact that they uh, got demolished by Vandalay Industries, and I couldn't let my love of quarterback Patrick Mahomes force me to rank Pigskin higher than they deserved. Happily, Pigskin also has Jonathan Taylor, whose future seems very bright, even if his fantasy production does not reflect that fact. Um, Pigskin also secured Adam Thielen, who incredibly, once again, seems to be Kirk Cousins' exclusive target in the red zone. Uh, Pigskin also is joined by A.J. Brown, who, when not exiting the game early, is often a point machine. In the eighth spot, we have a legal motion to dismiss. A legal motion to dismiss has the potential to put up huge numbers thanks to Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. However, there is a dark side to that potential when it isn't realized both players, both stars of the team, have bad weeks. If Russell's not completing to lock it for a big touchdown, neither of them get that many points and it leads to a loss such as we saw this week. Illegal motion to dismiss also has the uh, much lauded Najee Harris who seems to be doomed to be stuck on an offense with a very old, brittle, and increasingly unwise quarterback slash rapist. Uh, finally, oh, not finally, I forgot there's a spot number 10. We'll get to you, Washington fantasy football team, I promise. In the ninth spot, we have well-hung jury. Now, I'm sure my father-in-law will accuse me of putting him so low just out of spite, and uh, he'd be right. In the 10th spot, we have the Washington Fantasy Football Team, who has yet to secure a victory. Washington Fantasy Football Team is the only team in the league who has yet to win a game, and we chalk that up to bad w luck and a tough schedule. I hope to see uh, Washington climbing the rankings in the coming weeks, but as it stands, I have to put the only winless team at the bottom. So that's it, my week three power rankings. 
please, uh, you know, send out your tweets and comments. Let me know what you think of this. I really care about your feedback. I do. I don't. So now we'll close things with the uh, newest segment on the show, Kingdom Corner, where we talk about all the latest news in Chiefs Kingdom. So just to recap the season thus far, the Chiefs narrowly beat the Browns in week one, an outcome which I felt was uh, earned. Uh, Some people say that the Browns lost the game instead of the Chiefs winning it, but I think in big moments, the Chiefs' defense stepped up, the Chiefs' offense made plays like they do, and the Browns continue to have no answer to either Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. So, it was a good win and a good start to the season. Then, the Chiefs played the Ravens. The Chiefs are significantly better than the Baltimore Ravens, so at no point during that game was I worried. And, uh, well, had it not been for Clyde Edwards-Alaire getting stripped when they were already within field goal range and could have won the game... Uh, the Chiefs would now be 2-1 and one instead of 1-2. and two. So basically, I discount that loss as a classic Chiefs letting their foot off the gas whenever they take a lead. Now, the Chargers game. Of the three games, I would say the Chiefs' performance against the Chargers was the most concerning. That being said, this is the start of the season. They're one of the most talented teams in the NFL, the Chiefs will be back in the Super Bowl this year, and they'll win it. I'm just hoping the Bucks are able to make it back to the Super Bowl so that we can set the record straight about who the better team is when the Chiefs actually have an offensive line. Um, so what's my explanation for the loss against the Chargers? The Chiefs played sloppy. They uh, are kind of notorious for this. Uh, I like to say that the Chiefs only ever play one good quarter, in a game, and unfortunately against the Chargers, the Chiefs basically played zero good quarters. Lots of turnovers, interceptions by Patrick, fumbles by Tyreek, and again, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who should not be a starting running back in the NFL. Um, So, I'm not worried. I'm happy that this happened early. I hope that it inspires them to actually fix some of their sloppiness instead of coasting off the fact that they have the best quarterback, the best tight end, and the best wide receiver all at once. Um, But we'll see. Please tune in next time for another edition of Kingdom Corner with some, you know, annoying 12 Angry Teams League news at the front end. Alrighty, I hope you guys enjoyed episode 3 of the 12 Angry Teams podcast. I just wanted to make a quick announcement Uh, I keep promising that Callie and I will do an episode introducing all the managers, and that episode is coming. Unfortunately, Callie has to sit in traffic for two and a half hours every day to go earn money to buy me food, as I am now effectively a stay-at-home dad with no kids. Um, So we'll record that episode just as soon as we get a chance so that we can introduce all you fine managers to each other and hopefully really plant the seeds of some some new rivalries, additional animosity, and just general tension in the league. I hope you all have a great week. 